You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 23 of the Toolstation Western League podcast. My name is Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself, Ian? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Did you have a footballing weekend? The usual, yeah. You were right, slaving yeah. over a hot laptop, were you? Watching a little bit, pretty much, yeah. That's uh, quite, quite, a lot of the, quite a lot of the time spent, but yeah, um, not too bad. Have it yourself. Well, I, um, I, I have a confession to make. I need to visit the Western League podcast confessional. I reckon I know where this is going. <laughs> forgive me, <laughs> forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I've been, I've, I've been, um, I've, I've been flirting with a higher mistress. I've oh, been no. to the, um, I've been, I went to the Southern League clash between two uh, former Western League favourites, uh, Melksham Town and uh, and Poulton Rovers. I, um, I, I took the whole family. What a family day out. Um, it's always nice to go and visit um, the Infilet Arena, as, of course, we should call it, Malksham's Ground. I'm sure many of the listeners who remember going there last season uh, will, uh, will, will certainly endorse what I'm, I'm saying there. But earlier in this season, I'd actually watched um, Poulton take on Malksham at Winterfield Road. And uh, this was the return sort of fixture, so I thought I'd go along. Little did I realise that um, Poulton were going to pull Melksham's pants down and beat them 4-0. Um, but um, certainly the Knockholds family had a good uh, had a good day out, and um, I, I even if you follow me on social media, you may even see that I managed to arrange uh, a scarf for my daughter in the traditional or what is becoming rapidly the modern tradition of the half and half scarf. Um, so we've gone down that road. Um, although I don't think her sister thought she she wasn't very impressed. But anyway, um, it was uh, it was a very very pleasant day out. But unfortunately, nothing to do with the Western League. So I really should um, we should really move on. We'll skirt over that. Anyway, we will move on to the fixtures in uh, uh, of the last week. Really focusing. There's a couple of midweek games, um, but we'll really focus on Saturday, the twelfth of January, and we're gonna we're gonna start our roundup in the Premier Division. With um, with Bridport, they were at home um, to Bitten. Yeah, uh, a bit of a missed opportunity potentially this one first for Bridport. Eventually, uh, falling to a four-two defeat, uh, given the uh, given the chance uh, pretty early on, twenty minutes in, uh, to, to go ahead from the spot. But unfortunately, Mark Salter's penalty uh, saved by Dan Wharton uh, in the Bitten goal, uh, and then it was the away side uh, taking just two minutes uh, to. to, to to strike after after being let off at the other end, and it was Dean Griffiths who put them ahead. Uh, Cameron Andrews they managed to, to get a level up for Bridport, so they got back into the game. But then Griffiths scored again uh, to put Bitten ahead, uh, and then it was Ben Bamman hasn't uh, hasn't been scoring too many of late, but he's yeah still up there amongst the top scorers. He had a really good start to the season. Uh, he scored twice in the final 15 minutes to, to wrap up the victory for for Bitten, and uh, yeah, pretty impressive uh, away win. It was, uh, yeah, four two four two they run out. Well, our next game takes us to Chipping Sodbury Town and a share of the spoils at home with Brislington. Yeah, it's a good point in the end for uh, Chipping Sodbury. Uh, Brislington building a, a two-goal lead uh, thanks to goals either side of the break from uh, Mike Rimmer and then Mason Bagger. Uh, but then with, uh, I think, less than 15 minutes on the clock, Chipping Sodbury managed to, to get back into it uh, and then got a, a, a 92nd-minute equaliser. So uh, never say die attitude from, from the home side, which is good. And it was Steve Fitzpatrick and Tom Fry with uh, the goals goals for the home side in that one so yeah a share of the spoils there 
Well, of course, we featured Chipping Sudbury on last week's podcast um, because they had uh, a very good win uh, away at Plymouth Parkway. Plymouth Parkway returned to uh, normal um, match-winning form, um, but it was an impressive result, um, particularly when we think that um, Clevedon Town themselves, they've been in very uh, good form of late, but um, Plymouth Parkway triumphing uh, on the road there, Tom. Yeah, really good response this from uh, from the Parkway. Obviously, yeah, as we mentioned, a bit of a shock shock home defeat last weekend. Uh, but yeah, bouncing back with a, a really good win away at Clevedon. Uh, two goals inside the opening half hour. Uh, an Adam Carter penalty after just 12 minutes, and then Billy Palfrey, he's on loan from Truro, I believe, uh, gave them a, a two goal lead uh, partway. Uh, Clevedon did manage to get a, get a goal back. Glenn Hayer, and they'd won four home games uh, on the bounce coming into this one, so they would have been confident. Uh, but yeah, Glenn Hayer's goal uh, was, was all that materialised for them, and uh, yeah, they fell to a two-one defeat, and it was uh, Parkway who took away the three points. Another two-one scoreline in our next featured match. This involves Cribs and your very own Odd Down. Mm-hmm, indeed, yeah, good result for for the Bath side this one. Uh, going behind after just four minutes, so really quick quick start to the game from Cribs. Jason Vincent uh, putting them ahead. Uh, but then it was Adnan Hiroli from the spot and George Lloyd pretty late on, I think about 10 minutes from time, uh, managed to, to turn it around after half-time and it was uh, Odd Down who took away the three points. We haven't had Odd Down on the podcast this season, which surprised me a little bit when I was looking back over my um, my notes because, um, I mean, they're not doing too badly in the league at all. They're ninth at the moment. But one statistic that did stand out and perhaps one reason why it's been not particularly easy to plot their um, course onto the podcast this week. As regular listeners will know, we normally like to go with teams that um, that uh, that have won at the weekend because I find it tends to put their manager in a better mood. Um, but um, of the 22 matches that Odd Down have played this season, they've won 11 and they've lost 11. They've not drawn any. I started off by asking their manager, Lee Rendell, um, quite why they don't seem to be able to do anything by halves. No, maybe uh, the, the phrase consistently inconsistent is uh, very much us at the moment. Uh, we went on a very, very good run um, the later part of last year where we won five on the bank. Confidence was high. Um, we looked really, really good. You know, we're, 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 where everything was going our way, we were in our own luck. Um, we went down to Bridgewater, which was one of those kind of six pointers, if you like. If we'd have, if we'd have won that game, we'd have been up in, in the mix. Um, and then Bridgewater, they, they, they climb away from us. Um, they came away with a 2-1 win. Uh, brilliant games to watch. I mean, I think all the supporters down there, they, they pulled both sides off. And it was, uh, you know, it was one of those where it was nice to see, but it would have been nice to see if we'd have got some out of the game. Um, it wants to be. And then after that, we went on. That led us to a five-game straight losses. So it's, we've won five and lost five. And since then, it's win two, lose one, win one, lose two. And it's just, it's just very frustrating to see the site, you know, um, pick it, not, not picking up results where we should do. And then, but some, and then sometimes picking up results when we shouldn't have. That's happened a couple of times this season as well. Well, we're, I'm finding increasingly on the podcast, um, talking to managers, um, that they, you know, that it's not easy at the Western League level um, to always guarantee um, the strongest team selection every week. And of course, that doesn't take into account injuries and um, and suspensions. I mean, would you put your patchy form down to player availability, or is there is there another factor perhaps at work? Yeah, I would say I would say that that would be a big part of it. Um, like I said, but this season we've been without um, uh, Matt Durbin uh, has had an ACL reconstruction um, after injuring it last year. He tried getting back in pre-season and broke down again first game, and he's been a big loss. So that that's one massive loss for us this year. Um, and you know, player, player availability has been limited as well. So we've we've had to use a few from the reserves. That was the early part of the season. Since then, we've managed to get um, 
just steady side together, really. And signed, uh, you know, we've got massive, um, massive thanks for, for Ollie Price at Mangasville for helping us out with a few of the lads. Because, um, yeah, George Dorrington in goal, we've managed to retain his services now on loan, and he wanted to stay. And Ollie was happy with that. And the same goes with um, another lad up front, George Lloyd. He came in. Um, Ollie was happy to let us have him. And, you know, we, we built a good relationship up with, uh, with uh, you know, a club that's higher. So it's, um, that, that's, the, that's the positives I've took from this season, really. Um, the form is frustrating, massively frustrating. Because the thing is, you, you don't, you, you. I ask the players sometimes. You know, it's if you're asking them to do something that they can't win, they can, and they prove that in time and time again that they have done it. And that's that's what um, really grinds me sometimes. Where they're, they're looking at you, like our boys are looking like. You know, I mean, it's, I'm saying some. You know, where where was last week's performance? Like, like last week they played better and played, and you know, put a real good shift in. And this week they looked a completely different side, and that's been the story of the season. Just can't get a consistent level of performance out of them. It's really frustrating. Well, you got a win on Saturday. You were away at Cribs. Um, was it as close as the 2-1 scoreline suggests? Um, classic game of two halves, mate. Um, we we were absolutely atrocious in the first half. I let them know that at half-time. Um, and I think the, the response for the second half was we completely dominated the second half. Uh, it, it was one of those games where it could have gone either way. Um, our, our, uh, George made a couple of really good saves. But then again, so was their keeper. So... It was one of those where it was a tight game. I, I personally think we deserved that overall. So, so the beach of me might disagree. He might say he deserves to get something out of the game. Um, but I think overall, it was, it was, it was tight. So the scoreline, I think, was the right scoreline. But um, some people, you know, football was a game of opinion. So, um, yeah, that, that was mine. Cribs beat you at your place in September. Um, so in some respects, I suppose, Saturday's result was somewhat sort of symbolic of the season that you've had so far. Yeah, that, that's right, mate. I mean, the, the game, the, the game in September was, was another frustrating one where um, we we were we were in front uh, up at our place, and then uh, we had a we had a man sent off, unfortunately, um, a bit of a horse sent off as well, and then that cost us the game pretty much. So, you know, I, I didn't have no complaints with the result up at our place because um, we didn't do enough to win the game then. So then I I, I hope he's out of sight. Now you're ninth in the league uh, at the moment. How does that how does that relate to your ambitions for the side this season? Um, I'd, I don't want to over, over egg us because I did at the start of the season when we started getting on and we started getting on our band, I'm, I'm thinking we're a top five side. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking top seven, hopefully. Um, yeah, we, we, I think we've got enough quality on our side to, to be able to do that, to accomplish that. But, um, at the same time, it, there's a few negatives in the last couple of weeks. So, which has, um, been, been a bit of a blow. We've lost, um, a centre-half Ollie Webb to Melksham and, um, my captain, Kai Mankford, has, has gone to Poland. So, it's, it's, so, it's you know, really not good standing in a way because it's, it's a, a higher level. But it's frustrating to try, you know, when you lose your better players and then you've got to try and replace them. And, it, and it, that, that's where, um, that's where if you kept your, your settled side, I think you could look to say, yeah, we could be a top seven, top six side maybe. But, you know, at the moment, if it's chopping and changing all the time, it's quite difficult to do that because you, you want to get like a, a settled side together. And it's, it's quite hard to do that when you have to put different players in the side every week. Now, talking about the top six, um, you've mentioned already in this interview Bridgewater and Bitten. Uh, I know you've had um, uh, a couple of games with Willand. You've played Westbury as well. I mean, what do you make of the teams at the at the top of the uh, of the of the Tool Station Western League Premier Division this season? Yeah, all, 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 all the sides you've mentioned, mate, they're they're all very good sides. They're all, all organised. Um, yeah, the, the, for for me personally, if I had to, if you had to make me name one, I think Willard's probably the best side we've played this season. There, the, the organisation they've got and the, the way they play, they're, they're superb. They absolutely destroy us in the cup in a, in a midweek game. We're six 0 down at half time. 
and um, the second half, the only positive result for the second half of that was when we drew one all and we ended up losing seven one. But um, but by pers- personally, I think that's Bitten, Bitten or, or Bitten or Bitten as well. They're they're a very very good side. They're very dangerous. Um, it's one of those where it's just if I had to pick one, I think I think Willem would just edge it. But I think all those could you know on on their day beat each other. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you've got Bradford Town and Buckland coming up um, uh, at your place uh, in the next couple of matches. That's going to be a tough test for you, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, Bradford, there's a couple of lads there that used to play for us, and that's the same same as us. We've got often we've got a couple of lads in from they used to be for Bradford, and that's a, that will be a bit of a, a tight game. It's a local derby as such, if you like. And, um, they've got a decent manager in Wayne Four now, so we've got them back on track. So yeah, um, it'll be a very very odd game for us uh, that one tomorrow night. But they are uh, attractive encounters, aren't they? I think that they'll be... Um, um, I mean, you've mentioned it'll be a hard game, but I think it'll definitely be a good one for the punters. O- on the podcast every week... Well, I say every week. Tom um, Hiscock, the author of the bulletin, does mention that his um, his father has been known to come up and watch you at Odd Down um, from time yeah, to time. Um, you, 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 I mean, I think it wouldn't... I wouldn't be speaking out of turn if I suggested it would be nice if you had a few more punters through the door. I mean, the next couple of games this coming January would be a good time, I would imagine, for the people of... Um, uh, for the people of Bath to come and check out Odd Down? It, that, that's right, man. I think that's always been the problem with Odd Down, and, and the, the chairman's relate, relate that as well, is, is the fact that um, it, like, where, where we are, the, we're the lowest-ranked side in Bath, so it, 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 it's hard, because you've got, obviously, you've got Bath City, you've got Lark Hall, so, you know, it's trying to try to attract people, people from the gate. I mean, three years ago, we won the league, and we still we still only attracted the same numbers then, so I don't think... Uh, a ninth place side is, is going to attract any more through the gate at the moment. So, um, but it would be nice. Is the, the one way we've we've tried to discuss it is to maybe like to um, like the under 18s get the under 18s in, in the squad, and you know when that when that brings that brings parents and grandparents and stuff like that for the door. So, I mean, we've always been a, in a side that have have, uh, have used our under 18 sides. Um, there's a lot of players that have come through in the recent years that have gone on now, and they're, they're one of them's played for Bath City actually, Joe Wings. And he's come, he come through the ranks for us. So there's a lot of lads that, and I'm still doing that now. We've got a young lad, Dave Harry, who's come through from the under 18s, captain under 18s last year, and he's playing regular for the first team now. So that's what one, one thing we're proud of, and well, I'm personally proud of to keep doing that and keep that tradition. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Uh, and our final featured game in the Premier Division. An eight-goal thriller. It's the team that never disappoints at Shepton Mallet and a very much informed Bradford Town. Yeah, uh, eighth first to seventh in this one, and uh, yeah, they've ended up drawing uh, a four-all draw there. Uh, as you say, it was a bit of a thriller. Uh, Shepton Mallet going ahead on a couple of occasions, but unable to hold on to their lead. Uh, France and Allen putting them ahead early uh, before Matt Morris responded just before half-time uh, to get Bradford. Uh, back on level terms, uh, and then it was Jamie Lyons who scored their second equaliser pretty early in the second half. So it was a tool uh, going into going into the, the back end of the game. Tyson Pollard, he's having a really good season. I think he's moving on up the uh, top scorer charts. He scored twice uh, to to give the home side what looked like probably probably the three points. Uh, yeah, close to being guaranteed in a little bit of breathing space. Uh, but Bradford Town uh, fought back once again, and it was an own goal giving them a, a glimmer of hope about five minutes from time. Uh, and then, yeah, less than two minutes later, they managed to, to get back on level terms, and it was Will Halliston, and that was the eighth goal of the game, and that was that was how it stayed. So, yeah, really, really good game down there, and uh, two teams are having pretty good seasons, I think. Go 
Charles, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. And now we'll have a look at the First Division and our first feature game in the First Division, a seven-goal thriller between Chippenham Park and high-flying Chard Town. Yeah, Chard given a, given a big scare in this one. Uh, three goals ahead at the break, they were. Uh, Nathan Warren scoring twice and then also Matt Howe. Uh, so giving them a yeah, a very, very comfortable first-half uh, lead. Uh, but it was Chippenham Park managed to surge back, obviously, and it was Luke Curtis, Eddie Swain and then substitute Landon Golding. Uh, getting them back into the game, uh, but Chard did eventually manage to to grab the fourth goal and uh, yeah came out came out of the uh, the three points that their promotion push uh, was was in need of and it was Christian Blango who scored off very not a name I've uh, heard before so uh, yeah he was the uh, the fourth goal scorer for Chard and and uh, yeah all three winners away at Chippenham Park. I wonder what he's known as in the dressing room. <laughs> Perhaps we'll get we'll get a few texts on that one. Yeah. Um, let's hopefully keep them clean, listeners. There we go. It's a family show. Uh, now, moving, down, uh, moving on to Sherbourne, uh, they entertained um, uh, Longwell Green, and, uh, well, this was, um, this was another high-scoring match. Yeah, it was. Six goals down there, and it was uh, four of them coming to the away side. Longwell Green, um, probably not... Yeah, maybe going a little bit under the radar. That's ten points from possible 12 for them, so they've had a really good sort of uh, Christmas New Year period. Uh, Danny Carter, very much starring for them. He scored twice after half-time. Uh, Ashley Clark and Chelsea Benson. Uh, had, had earlier cancelled out those goals and uh, Sherbourne to, to get back into the game uh, but it wasn't enough and it was uh, yeah Longwell Green running out 4-2 victors Ben Allen and Jason Adams also scoring uh, all six goals in this one coming after half time so uh, yeah a pretty exciting affair hopefully uh, nobody left uh, nobody left at the interval uh, Wells City is our next game and the visitors to Wells were Calm Town yeah Calm obviously uh, towards the upper echelons of the league I think they're in fourth and uh, yeah so Pretty imperative uh, for them to keep winning, and they uh, they managed to do so. It was two pretty late goals in this one. Uh, Shannon Pocock and then Billy Gleed in uh, injury time, uh, managing to, to give them a 2-0 win away at Wells. It's been doing pretty well of recent uh, times. So, uh, yeah, not a result to be, to be sniffed at, and it keeps Calm just in touch with the, uh, the, the size just above them. So, yeah, pretty important uh, victory for, for the, the away side in that one. And after that impressive win over Wells, I thought I'd catch up with an old friend of the podcast. It's the Town joint manager, Ben Redford. I started off by asking Ben about the good form that Wells had been in, but the better form that his side had been in. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking, going into the game, we knew they scored a lot of goals. They've been in good form. They're up there for a reason. So we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, we went there with a game plan. First half was really close end to end. But in the second half, I think we come out um, come out on top right away after half time, scored an early goal, and then we took the game by control then and uh, got the third three points. You uh, you had quite a merry Christmas, didn't you? You had wins over Chippenham Park, Bishop Sutton, and Radstock, but you lost out to Cheddar on December the twenty second. They're going incredibly well um, at the moment. One of the few teams in the division that are going actually have got better uh, have got a better form guide over the last few games than you. Um, what did you make of Cheddar? Um, yeah, they're a good side of the top for a reason. I sort of feel like we played them at the wrong time of the year. Um, everyone broke up from work on the Friday, 
So everyone's on their Christmas dues. They same for them though. Um, we actually thought the game was going to be called off due to all the weather, but it was called on. Uh, we went there side. They had a few missing. We had a few missing. They took their chances. We didn't, but they deserved the three points. Fair play to them. They're top of the league for a reason. But yeah, we bounced back well. We've won um, four in a row now, four clean sheets, so that's good. That's that's very impressive. I mean, do you put that sort of defensive solidity down to the um, to the good form you've got? Yeah, definitely. We had to um, improve our defence from last year. I think whole of last season we only kept three clean sheets in the league. Um, so yeah, we had to improve on that. Brought a new goalkeeper in. He's done really well. Brought in three new defenders uh, to go in the back four. I think we've kept 13 clean sheets now all season, so it's, the good form is also down to them, not just the people who score goals. Uh, well, and we, we should, of course, give a notable mention for the for the people who score goals, because in Stuart Windsor, you have one of the division's most prolific goal scorers. Yeah, Stu scored goals for um, right every year he's played for Carl now, so we're lucky to have him still. He's a great player, um, chips him goals and assists. He'll always give his 100% for the team and, yeah, like I said, we're lucky to have him. Now, now you're fourth in the table at the turn of the year. Um, would you have taken that uh, back in uh, back in August, back at the start of the season? Yeah, 100%. I mean, targets at the start of the season were top 10 finish. That remained the same going into Christmas. But we find ourselves so close to, um, you know, the three teams above us. It's like if we have a good end of this month and then take that into next month, I can't see why we can't challenge them all the way. I do think Cheddar will go on and win the league, but I think it's out of um, the five or six teams below to fight for the second place. Because if we look back at the recent history of the first division, um, it, the second half of the season always seems to throw up a form team, doesn't it? A team that, you know, when Hengrove won promotion, it was a team that virtually came from nowhere. Um, but, um, I mean, do you see yourselves in that role or do you think that there's perhaps another team in the first division that might um, that might hit good run of form late on? Um, well, I hope that could be us, but you never know. I, I sort of feel like there's a couple of teams going under the radar a bit, um, Longwell Green, when we play down, they're a really good side and they've got a couple of games in hand, I think. They're in seventh, so they're not actually too far behind. I think they could put a good run together. Aston Backwell, a good side. We got them this weekend, so that's, that's a massive game. It's about taking the points against the teams in and around you. It adds pressure, doesn't it? I mean, we've always said that the first division is a division where anyone can beat anybody, but, um, I mean, it is um, it is a lottery most weekends, isn't it? When you're reviewing the results, um, it's a difficult one to call sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I think that showed at the weekend um, some of the teams at the bottom were beating sides, which you didn't think they would. We found that out ourselves. We went to Bristol Telephone, so they lost nine in a row, I think. It took us to score a 90-second-minute equaliser to get something out of the game. So you can't go into any game half-hearted, got a, you know, you've got to really turn up for every game in this league or you get punished. Now, you mentioned Ashton and Backwell, you've got them at the weekend, um, but you've got a game coming up at home, I think it's your next home game, it's on January the 26th, and it's against Corsham. Now, that is, of course, a derby game for you. Are, are you expecting a big crowd for that one? The crowd's getting better and better each week, no matter who we're playing, but for that one, I think they're, you know, will be close to a couple of hundred, if not more. Both teams doing well, doing much better than they have done in previous years. 
could be a massive game really because it's neck and neck in the table up there. So yeah, I expect a big crowd. I mean, one of the things I've noticed about these Wiltshire derbies quite often is that a lot of the players know each other. They've either played with some of the players or they've played against them. Um, I mean, if we look down at the team sheets for the for Corsham and for yourselves, are there many players with experience of playing on the other side? Yeah, um, I think they've got a couple who played for us last season. We've got one or two who I think went over for pre-season, played for them. So, you know, all the players know each other around this area pretty much. That's why they're always... They're always good games to watch um, in Wiltshire. Well, it makes for an exciting derby, I'm sure. Um, Ben, thank you very much for joining us um, so early in 2019, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you before the end of the season. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. One of the other coming teams uh, is uh, is Cheddar. They travelled to West Clues in the heart of Midsummer Norton and uh, emerged with all three points. They did, and they emerged with their clean sheet run intact. I think that's eight on the bounce, so... Uh, over 700 minutes now of uh, league action without conceding a goal. And, uh, yeah, Adam Wright scoring three three goals for the away side in this one. Uh, he's now leading the scoring chart in the division, overtaking uh, strike partner Adam Jones, who was uh, definitely contributed a fair few assists to Wright's tally. Uh, he scored twice uh, in the first half, and then a diving header, uh, completing uh, completing the hat-trick. And as, as we say, um, 700 minutes plus of, uh, yeah, without conceding, and uh, Cheddar very much looking like a... Like a promotion uh, favourite at this point in the season. Six wins on the spin as well, isn't it, for Cheddar? Um, yeah, they're doing well. They are, another, aren't another they? Another side that, yeah, pretty much uh, unstoppable at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on them. I think we didn't have, we haven't had them on the podcast for quite a while, so I've got a sneaking suspicion that they'll be making an appearance sooner rather than later. Um, now that concludes our roundup of the weekend's fixtures. Uh, we look ahead um, to the fixtures coming up this week. Now, depending on what time you listen to the podcast, I'm sure it's likely that the games on Tuesday, the fifteenth of January, uh, will have happened. Um, possibly not so the games on Wednesday, the sixteenth of January, which um, gives us the opportunity to plug one game in particular there, and I think really this, the standout tie probably of the week coming up, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a big big Wednesday game. It's good to see some, uh, some, some important midweek fixtures. Hopefully get a, a decent crowd down in, down in Devon for this one. And it's uh, Willand taking on Westbury. Uh, obviously, both sides um, battling for battling for, for top spot. Uh, Willand currently currently leading the way and in absolutely fantastic form at the moment. Uh, but they're Westbury uh, on their travels, and they did get the better of Willand earlier this season, uh, beating them three-one at Meadow Lane. Uh, so a little bit of uh, retaliation potentially on on Willand's mind, but I'm sure. Uh, yeah, seven thirty kickoff down there, and uh, hopefully that gets the uh, the crowd it deserves. Yeah, I mean, I've been a long-time admirer of um, of the work of Neil and Joe Fitzpatrick at um, at Westbury, and, and their form, of course, this season has been has been really outstanding. Um, a little bit of a wobble over Christmas, um, but I mean, if you look at the form that Will and Rovers have hit, ominously, just at the same time as them taking uh, the lead in the Premier Division again, like Cheddar. The, the team that we were just talking about in the first division, Willand, have won six games on the spin. Um, so, um, so really, they will be in the box seat, I would suspect, um, in that one. But a, a, an entertaining and thrilling encounter, nonetheless. Um, now, we'll, we'll turn our attention to Saturday, the 19th of January, and we'll take our customary look at, um, at some of the games that Tom and I have picked out um, for the weekend coming up. So which, um, which, which, uh, which game tickles your fancy in the Premier Division, Tom? Yeah, slightly, slightly uh, fewer fixtures to to look at this weekend. I think the one, obviously, I don't want to keep sticking with the top side. I think Willand, obviously, we don't know how they'll 
they'll get on in midweek. But they've got a game against Cadbury Heath uh, coming off the back of uh, two wins. And I think they were uh, a side that it might have been you who, who pinpointed them as, as someone who probably uh, could be higher up the table. I think they had a, a couple of games in hand. Uh, I think they jumped up almost six spots over the last couple of uh, couple of days. So they're now up in 12th. Uh, still got a few games in hand on the teams ahead of them. Uh, so they're certainly chasing sort of a top top half finish. And, uh, yeah, I think they're capable of going down there and making it a, making it a tough match for Willand. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further down the table, uh, and that's um, no disrespect to these two sides because I think that um, both of them have certainly caught my eye in the uh, in the time we've been doing this podcast. I'm a big fan of the work of uh, Roman Glass and George. I, they started the season so well, and I, I think that they probably will be disappointed with their relatively lowly league position. Um, they travel to Wellington. Um, another another side that I've um, I've got a great deal of time for, and uh, I mean those two sides sort of locked down towards the bottom of the um, of the of the Premier Division, fifteenth and seventeenth respectively. But I, I think that could be a really good uh, clash. I think Roman Glass will give Wellington a really good game, so uh, not a bad game to watch. And if we move down into the first division, uh, there's really only one show in town, isn't there, Tom? Uh, the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. We've got Cheddar versus Canesham, uh, the top two. Um, I don't know, I probably should have worked this out before we came on, but a number of wins between them in a row uh, might be reaching 20. I'm not, not, maybe not quite, but um, yeah, they have been absolutely rampant both sides and they meet on Saturday afternoon. So uh, yeah, can't really find a bigger game than that. Uh, Cheddar leading the way in the division uh, by three points, and they've played two left in Canesham. Puts probably more, 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 more at stake for Canesham if they can if they can get a win there. That would uh, that would set up the second half of the season very nicely indeed. But um, yeah, both sides banging form, bang full of confidence, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. Yeah, that's it. That's a good shout, Tom. I mean, I am. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for um, Ashton and Backwell United against Carn Town. Um, that's another uh, one of the division's um, top couple of sides there coming up against each other. Um, not quite as impressive in their recent uh, run of form as uh, the two teams that you've just mentioned, but um, certainly Carn are a team that um, is catching the attention. And in fairness to Ashton and Backwell, they've uh, they've only lost once in their last five games, so they're certainly. Um, coming in um, to this match in in good form, so I, I think that would be a good one, a good one for the punters. Um, now then, you have alluded to uh, some of the division's hot shots earlier in this podcast. You've flirted with us, Tom. Now it's time to wine us and dine us. Can you give us the runners and riders in the uh, in the goal scoring charts, please? Indeed, I will give you the top three from each division. Uh, so. Uh, in, in, in order of goals, obviously, we've got Jack Taylor. Uh, I think he'll probably be leading the way for the remainder of the season unless somebody uh, puts on a little bit of a spurt. So he's got 22 league goals for Bridgewater now, scoring again on the weekend. Uh, we've then got Luke Mortimer, another guy banging form. Uh, he's on 16 uh, for Willand, obviously. Uh, and then we've got Westbury's Callum Demkiv, who's got 15. Uh, so obviously all three sides towards the top of the table and they've, uh, yeah, Definitely got the strikers that are uh, yeah, helping them pick up those those, those points. Uh, and then in the first division, as you say, alluded to this earlier, earlier uh, the Cheddar duo, the, the two Adams, we've now got Adam Wright leading the way. I, I might have got that wrong in the bulletin, so I apologise if he sees that. Uh, 22 league goals uh, for Adam Wright, and then 21 for Adam Jones, so as you can see, his hat-trick on the weekend helped him, helped him jump past his teammate, but that looks like a, a good battle to see who comes out on top in that one. 
Uh, and then we've got Stuart Windsor of Carn, another side uh, towards the top of the table. Uh, he's got 16 league goals this season, so those are our hot shots as we uh, as we stand early in January. Excellent, Tom. Uh, now, if um, the readers want to check to see whether or not you have indeed got um, the wrong goal scorer at the top of the uh, the goal scoring charts, where can they find your bulletin? <laughs> uh, that's on the uh, the official uh, talk station Western League website. There is a tab along the top which should take you to the most recent one, and it's also on the uh, on the homepage where you can uh, download it as uh, a PDF or a, a Word document. Have you penned your column for the non-league paper? Indeed, yeah. Uh, a couple of hundred words on the uh, the recent Premier League matches. Uh, so looking back on on the games which have happened this past weekend. So yeah, that should be in the uh, step five and six section. Uh, yeah, towards the top of the page. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed uh, for your You're time. Welcome. And uh, well, I look forward to catching up with you and the listeners on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>